KSPN AM 710 Los Angeles. KRDC AM 1110 Pasadena, Los Angeles. We are the voice of L.A. Professional football in America is a special game. And yes, it is that time on your Saturday morning. Whatever you got, I need. All your football in one show. This is L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Let's set this place on fire. We ain't gonna do nothing fancy. We gonna play on fire. Whatever you got today, I got to have it. It's what you wanted. A show completely dedicated to football. Saturday on 710 ESPN from 9 to 11 a.m. Kirk Morrison is live and local and all over the Rams and the entire NFL. USC UCLA, the biggest high school football stories from across the Southland and taking your calls all morning. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. 710 ESPN. Yes, indeed. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, All those out there driving, please make sure we're driving safe. If you're listening to me in your car, if you're on the app, uh, the ESPN app, wherever you're listening to, I hope you're having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, enjoying this time, whether with family, friends, or just relaxing, whatever it may be. Hope you're enjoying this holiday weekend. Always excited to be with you here on LA Gridiron Weekly here on 710 ESPN. I'm Kirk Morrison, eight-year NFL veteran, and so excited for another great show that I have lined up for you. We got a couple of fantastic guests for you. Chris Harry, he is the Chargers beat reporter um, for the Chargers team reporter, um, and he's also with CBS LA. He's going to give us a lowdown on the Chargers. I can't wait to get his perspective on what's been going on with the Chargers side of football in Los Angeles. So he's going to be coming up about 930. Uh, And then look, last week, I promised you, I promised you all we would talk college football. And so no no one uh, better than to talk college football for me, this guy who loves the Pac-12, covers the Pac-12. He's a college reporter for the Bay Area News Group. He's John Wilner. He'll be coming up about 1015. So make, make sure you set a timer, set an alarm, Say Harry at, at uh, 10, I mean, sorry, Chris Harry at 930 and John Wilner at 1015. So that's uh, the guest list for today. But here we go before I lay this show out. You know what we do around this time. Here we go. It's time for the opening kickoff. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. And with the flash of the cameras going on. It's time for the opening kickoff. Yes, indeed. The opening kickoff this week brought to you by my Twitter handle, at Kirk Morrison. I'm still working on my sponsors, everybody. I'm getting all my sponsors and things together, so it's slowly going. But shout out to uh, my golf game. That's what I'm thinking. That's what we should do. Uh, The opening kickoff is brought to you by my golf game, which is getting better and better each week. Uh, I'm getting better playing all these holes out here. So shout out to L.A. City Golf and the different courses that have been allowing me to get my game right even these par three courses that I don't have to bring a lot of clubs, just a couple. So <laughs> anybody want to challenge me, definitely let me know at Kirk Morrison. We can go out and have a good time, play some golf, talk football, whatever you may like. man. So hit me up at Kirk Morrison on Twitter. Remember to hashtag LAGW for LA Gridiron Weekly, 877-710-ESPN. It's the phone number 877-710-3776. 
the OTAs have started. OTAs, mini camps will be coming up in a short couple of weeks. But around the NFL, you've seen all the pictures. You've seen the videos. Your favorite teams, especially here in Los Angeles, the Rams have started their OTAs or what we call phase two of the offseason program. Uh, the Chargers, they started their OTAs as well. So you got a chance to see a lot of players going out there, running around, uh, catching passes. You see them in their new uniforms, new numbers, all that stuff. So the Rams are underway. The Chargers are underway. And it's and it's good because we finally got some, some, some video, we got some audio, but we got a chance to hear from some of the players. And I think that's been the cool part is to finally understand what some of the players – have thought you know the media availability is now happening so a lot of players are just kind of talking about how their previous season was their off season was if they're new to LA in terms of uh, free agent signing the new draft picks you know I've always said that when you talk about football sometimes the storylines tend to be new uh, there's always some that are the same but man the draft picks they, they, they bring new blood, right? It's, it's just uh, an energy and an excitement that you got new storylines involving some football players who were just in college a year ago. And now we get a chance to learn their stories, learn where they're from. We learn, you know, what, what, what makes them who they are. And that's been the fun part, seeing some of these pictures for the Rams, Tutu Atwell, uh, wide receiver, their first pick in the draft in the second round. And you think about the Chargers, Rashawn Slater, who we had on last week here on LAGW, LA Gridiron Weekly, outstanding interview. And it was fun. If you missed that interview, by the way, with Rashawn Slater, make sure you go to uh, this the show's page, ESPN Los Angeles, our show page. Click on the podcast. LA Gridiron Weekly is a podcast. If you missed that interview, you missed a funny one because we got into the uh, debate with Rashawn Slater, Whataburger versus In-N-Out. He's a guy that was born in Texas and played his football at Northwestern, but he's a Texas boy. He said, man, I'm taking Whataburger over In-N-Out, which caused a, a stir among Twitter and a lot of you fans here in Los Angeles. So that was good banter back and forth. And if you missed it again, if you missed that interview, go ahead and check it out on the show's page, ESPN Los Angeles. Click on LA Gridiron Weekly, and you can get last week's episode. But I'm just thinking about the OTAs and the mini camps, and that's where we're at right now. For people who don't know how the NFL offseasons work now, the NFL offseason has changed from when I was in the NFL. You know, we would start way back in March, right? And when you practiced in March, it was pretty much workouts, and you were doing on-field work. And it was three and a half, four months of just off-season training. And it was kind of tiresome. I used to call it a glorified babysitting service. It was where teams just wanted to make sure you were doing something, just watching over you. But I was a rookie. I had no idea. I thought this is what the NFL is. Now they've broken it down into tiers. You have phase one, which is just kind of working out with the strength coach. Uh, phase two is where I believe you get a little bit of on-field activity. And then phase three, which I, I misspoke earlier, I said phase two, we're in. I think we're in phase three right now, which is the organized team activity. That's what the OTA. So if you didn't know what OTA stand for, it's organized team activity, which is basically another word for saying they're having practice. So, yes, they're having practices now. 
And then the final part, the final, or the uh, was it the final uh, was it uh, grade or whatever it may be, the final test of the offseason is the mandatory minicamp. That's the one piece of mandatory thing that you have to do in the offseason. Everyone has to be there. You may not have to show up to the OTAs, the offseason workouts, whatever it be, but when it comes to the mandatory minicamp, you must be there or you will face a heavy, heavy, heavy fine. And if you face that heavy fine, man, you're trying to make a statement. You're trying to, you know, a lot of guys who end up not going to the mandatory mini camp or in a lockout or, or a, a holdout because they either want more money, they want to be traded. I know there are some guys out there who we probably won't see. Like what's going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, which pretty significant when you think of, that's a, one of the teams that the Rams have on their schedule in 2021. So could it be that Aaron Rodgers may not be a Green Bay Packer? That's been a lot. And we could discuss that here if you guys want to. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 is the number, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter as well, if you want to get into some Aaron Rodgers talk. But I, I think for me right now, in, in watching and looking at some of the OTAs, I'm just looking at I look at rosters. Because this is a time where I see which teams got better, which teams kind of stay the same, and which teams just really don't upgrade. And I look at both teams in Los Angeles right now, Rams and Chargers, they both have upgraded. They both have done a remarkable job of getting talent. Even though you do lose talent, that's just what it is. The NFL, you can't keep them all, right? The Chargers couldn't keep Hunter Henry, right? But they're able to go out and get a Jared Cook, Right. Same thing. They couldn't, you know, they had to find offensive linemen. They end up getting Rashawn Slater. He comes. It's crazy to say people say he falls to them in the draft, but pick 13, he gets there. Um, And so we'll get more into that. I mentioned Chris Harry. He's going to be coming up at 930. Give me that perspective of the Chargers and what they did with their draft picks. But on the other side of it, I thought the Rams, they lost John Johnson to free agency, Troy Hill, Michael Brockers, Jared Goff. And yet they bring in Matthew Stafford. Now they bring in, um, you know, Leonard Floyd back. They re-signed him. They got a couple guys in the draft. So overall, the Rams have upgraded. They've gotten better. So that's going to be fun to see. But I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers. The latest on Aaron Rodgers. And let me know what you think about this Aaron Rodgers situation, the quarterbacks. I'm going to break it down for you. Got a unique perspective on why Aaron Rodgers could be so upset with the Green Bay Packers and how this thing probably is far from being finished. More of that here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Welcome back in LA Gridiron Weekly 710 ESPN hashtag LAGW at Kirk Morrison on Twitter at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. So, uh, so delighted. So happy to be with you on this Saturday, beautiful Saturday here in Southern California. And, you know, I've been just talking about just NFL storylines as we get caught up to what's been going on in the National Football League, not just what's going on here in Los Angeles, but kind of what's going on nationally. And I've always said this. There are some stories that tend to linger outside of the offseason or could be potentially something that leads into the regular season. In years past, we've always had those stories. They kind of give you something to talk about all the time, right? In the NBA, 
something that you talk about all the time is LeBron James. And you can say, oh, LeBron James, is he the GOAT? Is he better than MJ? Is he better than Kobe? Like, that's the easy, like, debate. That, that's what get people stirred up. They get excited to talk about, oh, you know, LeBron. But the one thing in the NFL, a lot of times the storyline that lingers, that, that, that takes you all the way up until training camp is one that could be controversial, maybe not controversial. So, like, this year, well, actually, let me go back to years past. I think there was like the Antonio Brown uh, issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And obviously they traded him away to the then Oakland Raiders. And so that was like a story that kind of lingered. Uh, another story, remember Deflategate? That was one that lingered. Would Tom Brady be suspended? Will he Will he not? It, it's th- Those are the types of stories I'm talking about that linger. And then there were some, you know, off the field incidents that, you know, obviously the NFL had to handle as well. The, those stories that people kind of watch as well, because those are ones that tend to be drawn out and are storyline newsworthy because it does affect certain teams. Will you have a player who's available for you? Another storyline that we don't have to worry about this year is the Dak Prescott contract. Remember, we were working on that one for like two years. Will Dak get paid? Will Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Cowboys, will he finally get his contract? And I'm saying, I don't want to talk about Dak Prescott no more. Like my my head's about to explode, and yet people want to talk about his contract. He will get paid, and eventually this season or this offseason, Dak Prescott finally got the big contract, which we know he should have got a long time ago. But finally, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, stopped you know treading his feet and said, you know what, picked his feet up and said, let's get this thing done. And they finally got the contract done for Dak Prescott. But that being said, the storyline for 2021, there's a couple. One I won't get into because it has a lot of legal things still going on. And for me right now, I don't know where it will go. I just know that the Deshaun Watson situation in Houston is one that I'm keeping an eye on. Letting the legal process take its uh, course on that one. There's a lot to dissect, a lot to digest. And frankly, I don't have a, enough information for me to make an a, opinion or an assumption on what may happen or what will happen. It's a very sensitive topic that I'll let the NFL, uh, the police, the investigators, the lawyers, let them take care of that. And I'll worry about guys who are getting ready to take the field for sure. Not the guys who aren't on the field, which currently right now, Deshaun Watson is not on the field in Houston as they have their OTAs and get ready for their mini camp. The thing is, I do want to talk about another guy. He actually didn't show up as well. He's not actually not on the field, but he's a little bit different. He's a little bit different for many reasons. Number one, he's won a Super Bowl. Number two, he's actually the reigning and defending <laughs> I just want to say that, give my UFC reference. He's the reigning and defending NFL MVP. None other than Aaron Rodgers. And there's a situation going on between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has come out last couple of weeks, and he actually went out. Actually, here, here's a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. Here's Aaron Rodgers this week as Kenny Mayne, longtime NBA uh, ESPN broadcaster and anchor uh, had his last show. And here's a little bit of Aaron Rodgers on Kenny Main. I think sometimes people forget uh, what really makes an organization. And, you know, history is important. 
you know, legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. People make a business. Um, and sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people, not by the organization, not by the building, not by the, the corporation. It's built by the people. And I've been fortunate enough to play with a number of amazing, amazing people and got to work for some amazing people as well. And it's those people that build the foundation of those entities. So, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. He says, you know, enough. I feel like he's trying to get the fans on his side, which I think they are. But it's just such a delicate situation. This all came about, I think, when the Packers decided to draft Jordan Love, right? When the Packers decided to draft Jordan Love, to trade up to draft Jordan Love in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft, I just knew it was not going to be, it's not going to be good. It's not going to go over well with Aaron Rodgers. And it didn't go over well. Look, Aaron Rodgers has no hard feelings to Jordan Love. We know that. He just said it. Right? Like, I don't have any. He's a great kid. <laughs> but the economics of the NFL is what I continue to keep telling people. The economics of the NFL is what tells me this isn't a good situation. Having played in the league, I just follow the money. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I learned. See, because when I was in the league, when I was in the NFL, a lot of players, you're kind of blinded by what's going on on the outside. You're blinded sometimes what's going on in the organization, unless you're of a person of, I think, of an Aaron Rodgers stature or a guy who, you know, obviously on a Pro Bowl, any Pro Bowl, I would say on a Hall of Fame trajectory, you see things, maybe your lenses are a little bit different. Your views are maybe a little bit different. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I think his views are, Okay, you just drafted a quarterback in the first round that you traded up to get. Not like, oh, he fell to us at a spot and we just decided to take him. Like, no, you traded up to get Jordan Love. So by trading up to get Jordan Love, you're putting an expiration date on Aaron Rodgers. But now he messed that whole plan up because Aaron Rodgers said, oh, you draft a quarterback in the first round. Guess what I'm going to do? And goes out there and plays at an MVP level and wins the MVP and takes the team to the NFC Championship and for a, for a couple of bonehead defensive plays and a coach that doesn't want to go for it at the end being down by seven and decides to kick a field goal. Matt LaFleur, come on, man. What you doing? But very well, we could have seen the Green Bay Packers going to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa rather than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, who eventually won. But this is why I say the economics of the NFL. And hopefully you guys are still with me here on LA Gridiron Weekly, 710 ESPN. This is how I break it down. The economics of the NFL work like this. When you draft a player in the first round, you have to see what you have in that player. And you have to know fairly quickly. See rounds two through seven and the undrafted guys, their contracts are a little bit different. But when it comes to the first round, the first rounders, you got a guaranteed contract. They sign a guaranteed four-year contract with what they call a fifth-year option. Okay, the fifth-year option. But the fifth-year option must be picked up 
after year three. That makes sense. So you play three seasons. After you play three seasons in the NFL, the team has a choice to make. Do we pick up the fifth-year option on our player? And once you pick that fifth-year option up, that price, that, that, that contract is guaranteed now for year five when it gets there. So once you get the guaranteed contract of year five, you think that, okay, I'm probably going to be with this team for a while. We may work out a long-term deal. Well, we know here in Los Angeles, when it comes to the Rams, the Rams, <laughs> uh, they usually, when it got to those first round, those first round picks after year three, they gave Jared Goff the big deal. Same thing with Ty Gurley. They gave him the big deal. Now, did it bite him? I think it did. It bit both of them as obviously Ty Gurley and Jared Goff are no longer here. And on the side note, it seems that Jared Goff is in Detroit, but also Ty Gurley is visiting the Detroit Lions. So could that be a reuniting of running back and quarterback, Goff and Gurley? We shall see in the future over there with the Detroit Lions. But I come back to say the Rams are not afraid to redo the contract instead of wait the contract out and give the fifth-year option. The Rams have shown that's not how they operate. And let's be honest, they don't have first-round picks to really have a big enough sample size because they're never picking in the first round. They're always uh, trading away the first-round picks for players, whether it was Brandon Cooks, remember that? Remember the uh, the, the two first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey? So, yeah, I mean, they understand that they're doing things differently. But the Chargers is a better example. I think most notably, Derwin James. First-round pick. He's finished three years in the NFL. Now, he has been injured a little bit. He's been a little bit banged up. But the Chargers said, you know what? We believe in Derwin James. They gave him his fifth-year option. And that means his fifth year will be guaranteed, the money that he'll make. And it would be a pretty decent amount of money. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and when it comes to Jordan Love, how can you evaluate Jordan Love? You have to play him. And Aaron Rodgers knows this. And he knows that, okay, I'm going to make it difficult. Because you can't just run me out of town. I'm the freaking MVP of the NFL. Yeah, you're not going to. You're not going to trade me unless I want to be traded or trade on my terms. And that's what's going on right now. Because the Packers, they have to play Jordan Love. Whether they're playing him right now they're playing him next year, they have to evaluate Jordan Love before that time comes that they have to give the fifth-year option to Jordan Love. And how do they give a fifth-year option if they've never seen him play? Again, Aaron Rodgers knows this. So now the ball is in the Green Bay Packers court. Do you say, forget it and trade Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, and go with Jordan Love? Have two years to evaluate and then see if you get the fifth-year option. Do you bring Aaron Rodgers back for another season and try to squash the beef? Let him play one more year and then see what happens next offseason? And you have one year to see what you have in Jordan Love before you offer the fifth-year option? Man, this is a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot for the Green Bay Packers. But like I said, the funny thing is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just sits back and says, yeah, I'm chilling. 
as he was photographed this week in Hawaii on vacation while all his teammates are back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, working out, getting ready for the offseason. Kind of funny, but that's that's just what's going on. That's the story. And so when I say the economics of the NFL tell me that something's going to have to happen, it means that the Packers are going to have to figure out what are they going to do with Jordan Love in terms of his contract. And the only way you can figure out the contract is if you have to play Jordan Love. How do they do that? Well, Aaron Rodgers has to go. Now, does it happen today, this season, or before the season? Or can they wait one more year? Only time will tell. But again, this is that NFL story that will linger, linger all the way into the regular season. It ain't going away. We're going to still keep talking about it. So I can't wait to see how this thing finally resolves and we can finally move on, find another storyline that will take us all the way through. But I know one storyline right now that I'm excited to uh, talk about is the Los Angeles Chargers and their draft choices and just the direction of this team. Brick head, new head coach Brandon Staley will get the temperature of the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll talk to their team reporter, Chris Harry. We'll talk to him right here. Coming up next on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Back here on LA Gridiron Weekly, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Remember again, at Kirk Morrison uh, for all your questions and engagement, but we get a chance to talk a little bit about the Chargers, man. And look, the Chargers had not an outstanding draft. We know Brandon Staley, new head coach, former Rams defensive coordinator, but man, a team that now a lot of people are saying one of the, I guess, sleeper teams of the national football league in 2021. And a guy who I very, I value his opinion a lot because he covers the team, but not only is he a a guy that I can say is not just a a team reporter. I feel like he's also a big fan too. Cause when you listen to him, he gets excited about talking chargers. That's not other than Chris Harry. He is the team reporter for the chargers and also CBS LA. What's up, Chris, how you been, man? Long time. No here. Oh man, Kurt, it's been it's been a while, man. I uh, I love that you're doing this show, and I always love talking ball with you. I appreciate you having me. Oh man, anytime, Chris, anytime. And I guess uh, let's start there. I just mentioned it, Brandon Staley, and some odds came out this week uh, from out of Las Vegas saying which coach would is is leading the possible coach of the year. And right now, the odds on favorite to be NFL coach of the year is Brandon Staley. What did you think of the Brandon Staley hire coming over from the Rams over to the Chargers? First of all, how about that? In May, we, we already got odds on Coach of the Year. <laughs> hey, man, that's what the world we live in, Chris. You it's know it's that. the world we live in, absolutely. You know what? I, I, I love the hire. Um, he, he stays in L.A. Uh, he's young. He's innovative. He's energetic. And you're seeing all those things really early in his tenure as, as head coach. I mean, this is a guy who has – a defensive background, but played quarterback in college. Uh, he could see the game through the lens of a quarterback. So uh, I think when the Chargers made a coaching change, <clears throat> at first glance, you're, you're thinking, okay, bring in an offensive coordinator, bring in a guy that, that Justin Herbert can grow with on the offensive side of the ball. Instead, what the Chargers did, they brought in a guy who sees the entire game, all three phases. He happens to be a, a specialist 
on the defensive side. We, we saw what he did in Chicago, in Denver, and then most recently with the Rams. So I, I'm really excited because you can tell how prepared Brandon yeah. is for this opportunity. His energy, man, is infectious, as you know from last year with the Rams. Uh, but he, he's ready to go. And it just just hearing him talk throughout the, the offseason, rookie mini camps, now OTAs where these vets are there, uh, you can tell the guys are excited about this kind of a new jolt of energy that's in the building in Costa Mesa. And, uh, you know, it's, it's May, but so far <laughs> so good here in Chargers land. No, it's May, but it's still football. And that's right. And and think about this because last year there was a lot of question marks with this football team. And the biggest one was the quarterback situation. The Chargers drafted Justin Herbert, and we said, okay, when will he play? Obviously, Tyrod Taylor was in place. Something happens during the regular season. Tyrod has a, a punctured lung, whatever it may be. Something happens, all right? And all of a sudden, you insert Justin Herbert at quarterback. And he never looked back. And so he becomes the offensive rookie of the year for in the National Football League. And I'm saying this could be it. The Chargers have found their successor to Phillip Rivers. And this guy's actually pretty good. What did you see from Justin Herbert in year one that excites you and Chargers fans? Man, there was so much. I really think it's truly shocking that it happened so quickly. I mean, just think about the year that we had a pandemic. You can't get on the grass in the offseason at all. Yeah. Uh, a, a different type of training camp. There's no fans in the stands. Everything's virtual. And, you know, it makes you think about how we look at the quarterback position, right? We're, we're like, oh, these guys have to sit for a year or two. <laughs> right. Justin Herbert came in not knowing that he had to play against the defending Super Bowl champs in week <laughs> two. No preparation. Yes. No first team reps. Eight play, seventy nine yard drive touchdown, first drive. Yeah, and, and <laughs> they they led that game, Kirk, wire to wire. And if it wasn't for that field goal in overtime by Bucker, I think it was like yeah. a fifty eight yarder, they would have beat the champs in, in week two. But I mean, that's just a, a very small sample size as to what he did. I mean, he went down to New Orleans, uh, threw for uh, rookie record four touchdown passes. Um, he went toe for toe with Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, he closed the year on a four-game winning streak, including three wins against AFC West opponents. Okay. So I, I think you start to see the confidence in, in him as the year progressed. He got more and more comfortable being the guy, and his teammates really took to him. And he was elevating the play of not only Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry at the time, but you talk about these undrafted guys like, Tyron Johnson and Jalen yeah. Guyton and Donald Parham. These are the guys he was throwing with in June and July. So he was elevating the play of, of guys we really didn't know. While, you know, some people thought Keenan Allen may take a step back because no Phillip Rivers. Keenan Allen, up until he got hurt, was having one of his best seasons. Uh, so I know everybody's very excited about Justin. Um, now, you know, the, there's probably a lot of pressure to try <laughs> to match what he did last year. But if he's anything close I think the Chargers would be in good shape because they lost a lot of close games last year. We're talking to Chris Harry, Chargers team reporter and also CBS LA here on LA Gridiron Weekly. And Chris, like you, you go from having the year that Justin had, and now you look at kind of what the Chargers offseason needs were. Like what was the big need? And Brandon Staley, and look, this is why you got to love Brandon Staley. He didn't hide it. He didn't say, well, we're going to try to look for best player available. He was like, no. 
there is a hole at left tackle and we need to fill it. And the Chargers did that with their first round pick. We had them on LA Gridiron Weekly a week ago and Rashawn Slater. But tell me, how excited was that room to get Rashawn Slater at pick number 13? It was big. I didn't think he was going to get outside the top. Me neither. 10. Just, oh, no, not at all. You know, you talk to all these draft analysts and experts throughout the, the process. And uh, I, I talked to his uh, O-line coach, Duke Mannyweather, uh, during this process. And we joked because I had him on afterwards. We talked about the fact that if you're going to get Rashawn Slater, you got to you got to jump into the top 10 to get him because he's wow. not getting out of the top 10. It, it's really just the way the board shook out. Right. Justin yeah. Fields, that trade happened. The Cowboys wanted Micah Parsons. So it, it's all about kind of the needs in front of you. And it just led to Rashawn Slater perfectly fitting in with the Chargers. But, you know, Kirk, it wasn't just left tackle this offseason. They they completely retooled this offensive line, yes. starting with Corey Lindsley, the all-pro center. They brought in Matt Filer from the Pittsburgh Steelers, comes from a winning program. Ode Abushi, mm-hmm. who had a good year for the Lions last year. And then the hope is that it, Brian Bulaga can get back uh, to 100% health. And mm-hmm. you, you look at the line now, I mean, Bulaga is the only guy – that was there last year. So they made a concerted effort, not only to protect Justin Herbert, but open holes for some of those backs. Uh, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree, the third who they got from Missouri. So um, the the offensive line, make no mistake, like you said, uh, Brandon Staley said left tackle was a need. They addressed (laughs) that need. I think the offensive line as a whole was a need, and that's what they did in free agency. So we've been talking charges this whole time, and we haven't mentioned – the other side of the football, the one that's the expertise of Brandon Staley. I know what starts with Joey Bosa. I'll get to that in a second. But how cool has it been over these last couple of weeks to see Derwin James out there on the field practicing, doing the OTAs uh, so far? Just what he means to this football team if he can stay healthy. And I think it's easy to forget just what he means because of the last two years. I mean, this was a first-team All-Pro in 2018 as a rookie played all 16 games the team went 12 and 4 and he made game-changing plays in several of those games so when when you get hurt the thing that I've said kind of ad nauseum this whole offseason is we have yet to see a healthy Joey Bosa and a healthy Derwin James together on the field because 2018 if you remember Joey was out for a majority of that time he was just coming back from that foot injury at the end of the year so he wasn't himself he wasn't 100 percent while Derwin was having that all pro year you flip it to the next year Derwin was out for a majority of the year while Joey was doing his thing they were already out of playoff contention by the time Derwin got back and he was just getting back and then last year no Derwin at all so we have yet to see a healthy Joey Bosa and a healthy Darwin James. And I think if that happens this year, you add in the development of Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil coming back from injury. Um, I, I really think that this defense under Brandon Staley and, and what they're doing, it, it was so great to hear from Darwin this year, uh, this past week, rather, to, to talk about the fact that he was cleared and uh, just to talk about his excitement for this defense. He's really good friends with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen's <laughs> yeah. told him a lot about Brandon Staley, and mm-hmm. uh, he said, I don't want to give too much away, but let's let's just get on the field and, and we'll show you. So it, it's been it's been fun to see Darwin back. His energy is infectious. He, he's a leader. He, he was a leader from the, the second he walked into that locker room. So uh, having him healthy is a good thing for the Chargers. 
Chargers team reporter and CBS LA, Chris Harry joining LA Gridiron Weekly. And so now like, we've gotten to this point where the offseason is already here. We've got the mandatory mini camps coming. We know training camp is just around the way. But what's the, I guess, overall expectation for year one for Brandon Staley and this football team? You know, didn't, didn't win a ton of games last year. We know Anthony Lane was fired. So now new coach. New system, new offensive coordinator, and Mike Lombardi. I mean, sorry, uh, J- uh, Joe Lombardi. Um, and and so, what's the real life expectation right now for this football team? Have they closed that gap between the Chargers and the Chiefs? Well, it's it's hard to say, and I think hope springs eternal for all NFL teams yes. this time of year. <laughs> everybody's everybody's undefeated. Everybody thinks they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the Chargers have have made the necessary moves to kind of take that next step now. Yeah. The schedule's not easy. I mean, you open in D.C. against Chase Young in that defensive line. So you, right. you talk about a test for that offensive line, that new look line for the Chargers. You're going to get that right away. Dallas comes to town week two. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go to Arrowhead, come back for the Raiders. You got the the Browns and the and the Ravens. So th- those first six weeks are, are, are going to be difficult. It, it's hard to it's, it's hard to say whether a first-year head coach, sometimes we've seen success right off the bat, right? Guys go forward two, five, and one. And then other times it takes a while to kind of get the system, get the continuity, and and get to the team you ultimately are going to be. So the the Chargers have always played the Chiefs tough. Um, That's that's going back to the last several years. Um, But they've never been able to really close that gap. I think it still starts with KC. Um, But Brandon Staley is – is building something. I I don't think just for the first six weeks or the first year of his time here in LA, this is for the long haul. So I think what you want to see is just progress. Um, You obviously want to win games. That's the name of the game. You want to try to snag a wild card spot or, or win the AFC West, of course, but you want to see this team move in a direction to where they can consistently win with Justin Herbert under center. And, you know, it may take some time, it may not. Um, when you have a lot of moving pieces uh, across the offensive line and you have some new players coming back, you mix in some new free agents. Listen, sometimes it clicks right away, as you know, and then sometimes it takes a little bit. Uh, but I, I think they got the pieces in place for sure. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice for, for Chargers fans for that to happen in 2021 and beyond as opposed to waiting a little bit more. Just a couple more questions before I let you go, Chris, and appreciate the time as always. Uh, I think one thing now, we know that fans, it'll be a fully uh, full capacity at SoFi Stadium. And so for you, which game in particular is the one that you circled that you can't wait for the fans to be at and see how this team, uh, you know, and and Justin Herbert, everybody gets a chance to see him in front of this audience. What, What game is that for you at SoFi this year? Man, there's some good ones at SoFi yeah. this year, too. So the obvious one would be at the end of the year, week 15 against the Chiefs. But I'm going to go – I'm going to week four against the Las Vegas Raiders come on Monday on, Night Football. Thank you. Thank Monday, you. you right? Come on, man. It's, Let's go. It's it's Monday Night Football. It's the first primetime game for the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Yes. I love September football because everybody's still in it, man. Yes. There's so much <laughs> excitement. And, and regardless of what happens the first three weeks, it's a division game. Right. It's in L.A. It, you have Justin Herbert on a primetime stage. He played the, the Raiders last year in Vegas, Thursday oh, night football. I remember. Threw that bomb to Jalen Guyton. 
Yeah. Cross the cross the goal line yelling, I was in. I, I was, was in. in. I was in. Yeah. <laughs> we always remember that one. That was fun. <laughs> so, so that's that's the one for me. I, I'm excited. Obviously, listen, the Cowboys week two. You got the right. Patriots coming to town. Mm-hmm. You got uh Baker Mayfield and that talented Browns team coming to town. Um, the the Chiefs at the end of the year, the Steelers yeah. on Sunday night football. But give me Las Vegas week four at SoFi Stadium, Kirk. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. Monday Night Football. Hey, Chris, uh, let everybody know where they can follow you at, where they can see all your work. You do just a great job in following the team. Um, you had a great breakdown, by the way, of free agency. I was like, man, Chris is on it, man. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate let, it, man. Yeah, let everybody know where they can follow you and get all the Chargers information. Absolutely, man. You can follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, Chris Hayre, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-R-E. And we have Chargers Weekly every Thursday. We, we kind of break down the team, what's going on, whether it's schedule breakdown, rookie minicamp. And we do that every Thursday, all year round. And then uh, you can find me on CBS LA, too. We have a Chargers feature every Thursday on, on KCAL 9 and CBS 2 and, and a lot of other cool features that kind of go beyond the X's and O's, um, some, some features that really kind of – show us what like our athletes are all about here in in LA the, the awesome. hometown hero features and, and and people giving back uh to to their respective communities so I love doing those it's fun to it's always fun to talk football Kirk as you know but it's also just for me it gives me just as equal joy to to hear about what somebody's doing in the community to make an impact in Los Angeles. Trust me, Chris, as a former player, I love to have those uh, human interest stories, right? Those, those stories That's that right. tell just not about the athlete, but who they are as human beings. So, man, I appreciate that as always. Chris, first of all, thank you again. But uh, I can't wait to see uh, more of your work, and I can't wait to uh, this football season to finally get here, man. So man. appreciate the time, brother. And we will catch up soon here on LA Gridiron Weekly. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in SoFi Stadium and training camp and all that good stuff, man. Sounds good, Chris. Appreciate the time, my man. That's Chris Harry. He's the CBS LA and also Chargers team reporter. We'll get, uh, we'll dive into what Chris was talking about there. Coming up next here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. And special thanks to Chris Harry. Uh, great interview, man. It's Chargers team reporter. He's also doing great work. He mentioned doing some great work over at CBS LA, just get those human interest stories, man. I think that that's what I love to hear and talk about when it comes to NFL players, because I know there's so much more than just players. And I still call myself a player because I truly am, even though I'm on the media side of it now, but being a former player, it never, never goes away from us. And I like to always shine light on what guys are doing positive in the community. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710. 7103776 is the number at Kirk Morrison on Twitter at Kirk Morrison as well on Instagram uh, out there on this Memorial Day weekend. So excited to always be with you. But yeah, a couple things that Chris said, it really caught my eye, though. And that's Brandon Staley to me, first of all, and his attention to detail. Brandon Staley, you know, comes over Rams defensive coordinator. Now he comes over there to the Chargers. Doesn't have to go far. Right. He goes from one side of SoFi Stadium and over to the other side. So the locker rooms will be a little bit familiar to him, and it'll be fun to uh, see how things go for Coach now as Brandon Staley as he heads over to the Chargers locker room and be fun to see how he does. But I think for the most part and how I've analyzed the Chargers is that their defense is one that is probably going to be looked upon more so this year to lead this team 
or, or actually, I wouldn't say leading, to make do with what the offense is going to get done. Because offensively, I mean, Justin Herbert in year two, you love the running back position, you know, Eckler, Jackson, you, you got some guys now at the running back spot. The tight end, you know, you drafted one, you bring in uh, Jared Cook as well, and then wide receiver, I love that group of receivers. Now, you, not only you drafted one in Palmer, but you still have who I think is one of the best route runners in the National Football League. No one talks about him enough. I love Keenan, Keenan Allen as a route runner. And so now you've got Keenan Allen as a route runner, and then you still have Mike Williams as well. And then Guyton, and then just the way that this team was constructed, you have to love right now this team, the, the, the Chargers. I do. Not necessarily. I'm not calling them Super Bowl contenders right away. I'm not doing that. Okay, that's where too many people get caught up in doing it. Oh, they're, they're, can, they, can they win a Super Bowl? No, I'm not. And I'm really trying to slow down with the Justin Herbert talk. I really am. Not because I don't believe in the kid. I want to see what you do in your sophomore year. What you do in year two? Show me what you do in year two because we've seen the sophomore slump. We've seen what happens to young quarterbacks that play great their rookie year and in the second year, not as good. Not as good. So I want to see what he does. But overall, just listen to Chris. I mean, guys are excited. I mean, you cannot help but be excited with what the Chargers have going on this year. I think they're trying to gain more traction here in L.A., and this is going to be the year for them to do it because I think the Rams are just so far ahead right now. They just they can't help it. The Rams are so far ahead. They've already been to a Super Bowl. They've been to the playoffs three of the four years under Sean McVay. You throw away the Jeff Fisher year of 2016, and it's been a very successful run for the Rams. The Chargers, on the other hand, they've got to have a, a winning season. And now with 17 games, that means you got to probably you got to win nine games to have a winning season in the NFL. Eight and eight, not good enough, brother. You got to win nine. Can this Chargers team win nine or more games? We shall see. They got the schedule to do it, but they play some tough, tough games, right? Week one, not too bad, right? But then you think about what they have in week two, home at SoFi against the Dallas Cowboys. Woo! That is not going to be easy. That's going to be one that everybody will be watching. But they do have my eye. They have my eye because I want to see want to see Rashawn Slater and how he does the rookie out of Northwestern. How does he block, you know, for one Justin Herbert? But then on top of that, too, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, I mentioned those guys with this new offensive line that I think that the Chargers have. I want to see how they protect him. And then defensively, Brandon Staley last year as a defensive coordinator of the Rams, he had an Aaron Donald. He had a Jalen Ramsey. He had a John Johnson who no longer there. He's in Cleveland. But you had players that he knew he could depend on, and he added more to their plate. And then the guys who were sort of the um, role players, caveat players, I would call them, they stepped up in a big way. Darius Williams for the Rams, uh, the cornerback, Troy Hill. But now he's learning these new guys. It's a whole new defense all over for him again. So he's, now he's got to figure out how to keep Derwin James, keep him healthy, but keep him active. He's got Chris Harris. He reunites with Chris Harris again, junior, the cornerback. That's going to be fun. Nasir, Natalie, Nasir Adderley at the safety spot. So he's got some guys that he can work with. 
and they drafted a kid in the second round. Man, it's crazy. I played against his dad, but Asante Samuel Jr. Um, is another guy who I think is going to be fantastic in this league. So now you've got some players to work with. I just want to know where's the pass rush going to come from. That's all I want to know. That's that is my number one question for the Chargers. Where does the pass rush come from? I know what Joey Bosa can do. Okay, but there was no Melvin Ingram. Remember, Melvin Ingram last year didn't have any sacks. So I know there's been talk of could they bring Melvin Ingram back? Well, it's probably not going to bring him back on a big contract by no means. Even if they do, they probably won't bring him back uh, until maybe right around training camp. So that means they have to find, they got to find something. They got to find some pass rush outside of Joey Bosa. And look, I think Bosa has been a little bit banged up at times, but I think this is the year that if he stays healthy, they'll be able to get a consistent pass rush, which can, which can help out, I think, an okay corners group or secondary, not the best, but an okay group. Now, without Casey Hayward this year, he goes over, he's now signs with the Las Vegas Raiders, but this is a younger group. And so how does Brandon Staley get some of that pressure that he worked up with and got from the Rams with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd how does he get that same pressure now with the Los Angeles Chargers with Joey Bosa and the crew? Something I'm be watching, something I'm keeping my eye on with the Chargers. So, like I said, they've they got an uphill to climb. It's so, like the question I asked Chris just a little bit ago. Still the Kansas City Chiefs division. But then who's the next best team in the AFC West? I'm asking you, listeners out there, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710. 7103776 who's the second best team in the AFC West obviously behind Kansas City who are you putting there I want to know your answer be fun to hear what you guys have to say but coming up next we have uh college football talk I haven't talked college football enough here on LA Gridiron Weekly that's what I'm going to do this Memorial Day weekend that's right Saturday Memorial Day weekend Kirk Morrison here going to talk some college football USC UCLA. Let's get into some of our local college football talk. That's coming up next here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN.